Hello and welcome to another episode of the Knock On Podcast brought to you by our good friends at Zero Tackle. Now let's just get into the uh, the big news of the day, mate. Well, there's three, three pieces of big news, but we're going to start with everyone's second favourite team and your favourite, and that is Tim Sheens. Uh, is, well, I, I reckon he sacked himself. Would you like to fill us in being the uh, resident Tigers fan? Yeah, look, this is a bloke who last year sacked Michael Maguire and then ran the rule of all the coaches around the world, interviewed everybody, interviewed himself, hired himself, made a really strange decision to bring Benji Marshall and Robbie Farrer into the mix, neither of them coaching experience, and now what is going to be back-to-back wooden spoons for the Tigers, he sacked himself. Now, Justin Pascoe and Lee, however you say his surname, I don't even know, I don't even care. They need to start taking some rap on this because mm-hmm. it's whatever they're doing is not working. You know, you can't you can't go for, what is it now? Last time they played finals, 2011? Jeez. Right? They have got to be the favourites for the wooden spoon next year. They've, n- nothing's gone right for them in recruitment. You know, they, they're going to be playing out their season with Aiden Caesar and whoever else. They signed, they signed someone else at 5 up. Sullivan. Oh, yeah, Aiden Sullivan. They've also signed the the, the the Latu brothers as well. But outside of that, like, looking at that team there, I'm not sitting there going, you know what will really fix this team? Aiden Caesar. Now, like, they anyway, came in. Anyway, we're going. There's going to be a bigger segment on the, the Tigers coming up. So, you just give us your... 20 seconds worth, Dan. That's exactly where I was trying to go because I felt the red coming on, Terry, and it's justified. This is a team that came in with Appy Corusau and I, Isaiah Papali and somehow managed to get worse. I said from the start that Tim Sheens was a mistake and you obviously said the same because anyone with two eyes can see that this was not going to work. And I said eight to ten weeks ago they need to cut the cord now and just put Benji right in and find out whether he's going to sink or swim. Look, mate, I, I, we got there in the end, but Benji Marshall's going to go in last year and his grace period's going to be about six to eight weeks. If they start 0-6 or one of, even 2-4, and four, then the knives are going to be out. We've already seen our mate Rugby League mole linking Josh, John Morris rather to the club. And if John Morris is your answer, then your questions are not right. I, I'm going to save it, my thoughts. I'm going to throw it over to you soon, mate. But uh, from negative to positive, because we have... A Pacific Championship, yeah. Now the NRL today, the NRL today announced a uh, off-season Pacific Championship, uh, and the schedule uh, on the 14th and 15th of October, so two weeks after the NRL Grand Final, Australia versus Samoa at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville, uh, mm, Australia yeah. versus New Zealand women at Queensland Country Bank uh, Stadium, PNG versus the Cook Islands in uh, Port Moresby in Papua New Guinea. And tomorrow versus Fiji women's in Port Moresby. From October 21 to October 22, New Zealand and Samoa men at Eden Park in Auckland. New Zealand and Tonga women at Eden Park. Fiji and the Cook Islands in Port Moresby. And PG and PNG and the Cook Islands in Port Moresby women. Week three, you're going to have Australia and New Zealand men at Amy Park. Now that is going to be sensational. And Australia versus uh, New Zealand women at Amy Park as well. And PNG versus Fiji. And week four, the final of the Men's Pacific Cup tournament will be held in Hamilton in New Zealand, which is amazing for the Kiwis. Amazing they get to host it. Um, And the final of the Men's Pacific Bowl tournament will be uh, November 5 at Santos Stadium in 
This is fantastic. This is this is everything that we have dreamed of. Uh, now, my rant this week was going to be about the buys, but it's going to be about something else. So maybe I'll save my rant for next week. But there is no reason why you can't have these Fiji versus PNG games in the middle of the season for a whole rep month to shut the competition down. But I'll save it for next week, Dan, because I'm pretty passionate about that. Oh, I like where you're going. Now, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of this. I love my International Rugby League. I love the World Cup. But let's face it, outside of the big – we used to be the big three. I'd say it's the big five now, the rest of fodder. And, and that's not a, and that's not a crack. At, you know, for, you know, Fiji are probably there or thereabouts. New Guinea are close. Cook Islands are probably a step back. You know, you've got Wales and, and Scotland and, and Italy, and we've seen some, some upsets along the way. But these guys need to be playing more international football. They need to be building up a fan base. They need to be getting football under there because you got like Carly Rowe will go play for Cook Island. He'll play fullback. Now, this is a bloke who could be playing for New South Wales in, in five to six years. Who knows? So you've got to get him ingrained in that, get the kids supporting. I love this. I love the fact they're taking games all round. We've seen the Four Nations in the past be held in like Auckland and Sydney. Cool. Football's always in Auckland and Sydney. I love it being in Melbourne. I love Amy Park. The final being across the Tasman is fantastic. Getting games up to Port Moresby is just that that's the highlight for mine. Those games are incredible. As anyone who's ever been there will attest, and they do publicly every time when asked. But mate, these sides are getting so close to New Zealand. Not quite Australia, although the gap's definitely closed. Mm. Playing more football and over in New Zealand in front of packed, passionate, loud crowds. This has got my well, I'm very excited. Put it that way. I was going to say something I shouldn't, but I'm very excited for International Rugby League. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm getting back into the International Rugby League now. I, for, for a long period of time, I, I didn't really care for it. And, you know, even though I love ribbing you about State of Origin, I don't really care for that either. I'm all about my club footy. Um, and, yeah, that, that, that's really... But the, the amount of exposure that we're putting back into the international game now is is just absolutely amazing so you know it needs to go like you you can't tell me that even though they got smacked in every game when jamaica scored their first try in the world cup it didn't mean more than you know half the other stuff that happened in that tournament so absolutely agreed now mate a weird one that i i gotta admit i didn't see coming Mm -hmm. that is tavita pengai jr is retiring at the end of the season yeah, I, you know, I, I cheekily said in our uh, DM group that I feel that he will uh, be back in the NRL in 12 to 18 months on a cheaper contract at the Bulldogs. Brayton has to echo the same uh, sentiments, but probably at a different club. Um, upon hearing what he had to say, it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up at Redcliffe um, for the Dolphins uh, under Wayne Bennett, who, you know, has probably been the only one who could get anything out of him. Um, or he could go back to Penrith on a cheapish deal. No, now, look, so. the reason he has retired is reportedly, we don't know this for a fact, we, we don't know him particularly well, uh, is that he said he wanted to box during the off-season yep. or, or during the season and the Canterbury Bulldogs said, oh, you can do one or the other, and he's chosen to box. Now, I, in complete jest, said that, well, he can't do either real well, so he should focus on one. And, you know, he played 14 minutes on the weekend. This is a bloke who's on the better part. Three-quarters of a million dollars, I, I believe, Came to, from Brisbane via Penrith, of course. You know, th- this guy, he debuted in Origin like 8, 12, 14 weeks ago, whatever it is now, and went on and, and his first stint was was pretty impressive. It was one of those 
Brad Fittler selections that he selects just for to be quirky. He was dropped after and they said we made a mistake. That's got to hurt the confidence, mate, that this guy has 750 grand to help him move on from that. Comes out a couple of days ago by the time this drops and says, oh, I'm going to box. Now, I, I'll have much more to say about this, but I'll, I'll save this for the drop kick. But, I mean, this guy this guy is a super athlete. He's built like oh, a brick outhouse. He, he's just, mate, if he, if he goes to boxing, he can cause some serious troubles. Now, I've seen him box, ain't much chop, but this is a guy who's a footballer who boxes on the side. If he takes 12 to 18 months to purely box before they put him in against a few tin cans, get a few knockouts, then put him in and start, he's probably left it early enough to go somewhere without, without you know, blowing That's what, yeah, the, the thing for Tavita Pango, there's two parts to this story. One, well, three parts, I reckon. One, he's gone to the Bulldogs and said, I'm going to have a fight in the off-season, and they probably turned around and said, you know what, mate, why don't you fight for your spot? Why don't you fight and get back into the starting team? Why don't you fight and help us fight our way out of the bottom four? It's embarrassing that we're competing for a bottom four spot with with the Dolphins at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know that that that's probably you know I reckon Gus Gould's a pretty straight shooter. You know he, he lie he, he lies to the media, but I don't think he's going to lie to his players and having a conversation like that. And I think Tavita Pangai turned around and said, "Look, I'm going to have a fight whether you like it or not." And Gus has said, "Well, you need to pick between boxing and football." And in that moment. Tavita Pangai's probably been offered a big money payday for a fight in the offseason. And he's just said, well, bollocks to you, Gus. I'm going to go and box. So he's retired from footy. He's done it at the right age. He's done it at 27. I don't know how old Mundine was when he stopped playing footy to fight. That'd be an interesting comparison. But as you said, the guy is built like the proverbial outhouse. Could go and do some damage. Could fight a couple of forklift drivers while he gets his fitness up and changes his body and gets, you know, gets into that routine of being able to take a punch. But I did think that this is just a one, it's a, you know, he's had a, he's had a dust up with someone at the dogs and two, he's, he's, he'll be back in the NRL at the end of 2024, halfway through 2025 on a cheap deal, maybe at the end of 2020, halfway through 2025 on a contender team for six months. And then he was signed somewhere else. Won't be on the big money that it is, but you know, I'll leave, I'll leave that for you, Dan. No, I agree. And just, just quickly to wrap this one up, it uh, frees up a lot of money that the Bulldogs could certainly use in some key positions next year. But we'll leave that for another time. So, Terry, earlier we touched on the uh, the West Tigers, mm-hmm. everybody's second favourite club and not always for the right reasons. But uh, over to you. My symbol this week has to be the West Tigers. Now, I was having a really interesting chat with uh, a Penrith fan today and we were discussing the other end of the spectrum, the, the the best run teams of the NRL. And we're talking about the Melbourne Storm, the Penrith Panthers, the Sydney Roosters. And, you know, I turned around and said, if the Melbourne Storm can ever get themselves a nursery like the Penrith Panthers, the NRL is in some serious trouble here. And, you know, he turned the Penrith fan turned around and said, you know, they're the best run sporting organisation in Australia since 2000. Uh Whilst I will agree, I do think it's the Perth Wildcats. Uh, but if you're talking NRL, it's definitely the Melbourne Storm. You want to flip to the other end of the spectrum. This is a side that merged two teams who were in the bottom four when they merged. The Magpies came last. Balmain Tigers were in the bottom four. They were dreadful. They were really bad, had a great season in 2005, Won a premiership, 2006, missed the finals. Were there and thereabouts again in, you know, sort of 2010, 2011. 
and haven't been cited in, in the final since. And they've just gone from basket case to basket case to basket case. James Tedesco was at the club, tried to leave, went to Can- sign for Canberra, reneged on his deal, went back to the Tigers, and then went, you know what, I'm actually going to leave this time and I'm going to go to the Sydney Roosters, where he has just gone from strength to strength to strength and at one time been the best player in the game. They had Aaron Woods. Now, whatever your opinion is about Aaron Woods, at once upon a time, he was actually a, a half-decent front rower. You don't play that many Origins and get that many caps for Australia if you're a bum. You get those caps if you're at the West Tigers, a la Luke Brooks. Speaking of Luke Brooks, they had the opportunity, they had they had the option of Mitchell Moses and Luke Brooks, and they prioritised Luke Brooks over Mitch Moses. Now, say that again out loud. They prioritised Luke Brooks over Mitch Moses and then wonder why they haven't been in the final since 2011. They have just made poor decision upon poor decision. Now, the right decision that they made a couple of years ago, well, it, it seems about six or seven years ago now, is they signed Ivan Cleary. And they still wouldn't hand the reins over to a guy who everyone knew was a great coach. Look what he had done at the New Zealand Warriors. Look what he was doing at Penrith. Gus Gould turned around and said he looked tired. He was probably tired of Gus's agendas. They then couldn't keep him happy and he wanted to go back to Penrith. They should have been doing everything they could to lure his family, to get Nathan to buy into the the system of the Tigers. Instead, they just let him walk out the door. They hire Michael Maguire and they don't do anything to back him. So they sacked him. But before they sacked him, they went public and they said, we're doing a big independent investigation into what's going wrong at the Tigers right now. And Michael Maguire will not see out his time at the Tigers. Six hours later, they re-signed Michael Maguire to a contract they didn't need to. They had Mick Potter on the books at once upon a time as well. Let's just let's just remember that. They got rid of him, let him walk to Canterbury. They then hired Tim Sheens to come in as a coaching director 10 years after they told him that he wasn't the man for the job. They watched Tim Sheens go overseas to England and achieve absolutely nothing. No big club wanted to touch him. No one wanted anything to do with Tim Sheens over there. He comes back to the Tigers in the coaching capacity, 10 years older, with no fresh ideas. He looked tired. He goes on a worldwide tour for a coach and figures out that he's the best man for the job. And what's he going to do? He's going to bring in a bloke who has had, you know, a, a good career. Bench Marshall had a good career. No premierships, though, and a lot of highlight reels. But... His highlight reels were stepping a really ordinary Sharks team and throwing a flick pass in the grand final. He was never the best player on that team. Scott Prince was the best player on that team. Scott Prince is the reason they won a grand final. Brett Hodgson is the reason they won a grand final. Robbie Farrell was in the peak and prime of his career at that time there. He just peaked a bit too early. This this club, this organisation is a disaster. Last year, there were 16 teams in the competition. They signed the best hooker in the competition in Apicorosau. They signed the best back rower in the competition in Isaiah Papali'i, and they said the only way I hear from here is up. They're now 17th. They're going to come last. They have taken a step backwards. And Tim Sheens has now decided, I'm, you know what, maybe I wasn't the right person for this job. He's watched Des Hasler go. He's watched Justin Holbrook sign as an assistant coach. He's seen Christian Wolf resign from the Samoa team to try and get himself an opportunity and just... Let it go. What are they going to do? They're going to fast-track Benji Marshall in. It's a disaster. You, if I said to you that there's another 10 years of no finals for the Tigers, I'm probably closer to being right. I don't see a future for that club. 
they're just going to be the Sydney version of the Gold Coast Titans. That's it. Now, Dan, many people would call you a dropkick. Many people would be wrong. I will never let them say that about you. But this week, who have we got on Dan's dropkick? NRL players boxing. It's been a bugbear of mine for uh, quite a few years, going back to the Paul Gallen days where, you know, you'd see him come in for origin. You'd see him go out there and die for his state. He'd miss six weeks for Cronulla. We'd miss the finals and then he'd box three weeks later. Wasn't a huge fan of it then and I'm certainly not a huge fan of it now. What NRL players don't seem to realise is that you do not play boxing. It takes one punch to end a career. It takes one punch to end a life. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that these six foot four, 120 kilos, and I'm jumping between systems there, super athletic youngsters who are going to fight other footballers or, or, you know, with the greatest respects, Uber drivers or blokes they found on the street, you know. We've seen street fighters fight Sonny Bill Williams in the past. So I'm not suggesting they're going and fighting, you know, Tyson Fury or, or a Pete Klitschko or anything of that nature. But it takes one punch to land on a temple. And we've seen it happen before. We've seen Paul Gallen cop Lucas Brown right on the spot, busted his eardrum, his equilibrium, never been the same since. He was a lot older and a lot, you know, but this is a bloke who'd had 25 fights and won a a version of a world title. These are footballers who are going in, and again, super athletic, super powerful. They do a lot of boxing in their training for cardio and, and, you know, getting that, that contact and... I can tell you someone who's not particularly fit that boxing is incredibly difficult. One punch, Terry, one punch in the right spot can concuss you and that doesn't go away quickly. This isn't, okay, don't get me wrong, it happened in football too. You, you cop a head high, okay, but we've seen penalties, we've seen crackdowns, we've seen suspensions. You're going in the ring to punch someone in the head and their only goal is to punch you either in the head or in the midsection, to you drop your hands when they do what? They punch you in the head. These are blokes like Nelson Asaf Solomona. They're not going to put him in anyone against anyone that can fight. He's going to beat the literal snot out of someone. This is a huge dude. This is a bloke who just re-signed on a monster deal and is the pack leader in Melbourne. He goes in against a guy who they pick a big, a big street fighter, a big, a big fat street fighter. They put him up there. Everyone's laughing. He's having a bit of a dance. He laughs. He sees a pretty girl on the front. His head guy clocks him, busts his eardrum. Nelson misses the preseason. This is very, very real. And then you got guys like, you know, the other footballers that have been in there. You know, Junior Paulo, he fought Paul Gowan. Imagine if that had, and I know it was a bit of a joke and it was two-minute rounds and it was for charity, et cetera, et cetera. But we've seen the Rose Boys, who, who I love quietly. I think they're very good promoters, put on these fights. And NRL versus NRL star sells. But these guys are peak in the like the physical peak of their lives and the heights of their career. They're on hundreds of thousands of dollars. Imagine you're a fan and you watch Junior Paulo got knocked out. Ah, oh, sweet. Yeah, he'll be right. Okay, the concussion lingers. He falls. He, he hurts an ankle or he cops one and needs off-season surgery, misses the games for Samoa, can't back up for the preseason. It only takes one punch to completely ruin a guy's career. And these guys are jumping in and going, yeah, I'll box, I'll box. Okay. Once again, they're going to be fighting tin cans. But what if they get it wrong? What if the matchmaker looks at someone and goes, yeah, they're no good. And these guys train their backsides off and go in there and, and, and God forbid, hurt a footballer. And, and anyone who steps in the ring, 
they all know the risk. I think they see it as an easy payday, and I get it. A lot of people jump in. I'll probably watch whatever shows they are because I'm a boxing fan, whether, you know, carnival boxing or boxing purists, whatever. But I don't think they realise just how dangerous this is and how bad it can go. Now, I I hope that nothing happens and I I don't want to sit here saying I told you so. But what if it does? That's not a risk I would want to take if you told me, oh, cool, Nico Hines is going to go take a fight in the offseason. Are you kidding me? I just, mate, I just, I just, I hate it. I hate NRL players in there. I know Paul Gallen did it after he retired and, and great work to him, all the props in the world. But focus on your football first. Put a headgear on, fight an amateur fight against a mate at training. I don't know. Just leave the stuff to the professionals until you finish your career. Dan. Talk to me, Terry. It's time for a set restart, mate. Set restart. Let's get it going. First one. Payne Haas has signed a massive contract with the Brisbane Broncos. Now, every time it seems that there's 12 to 18 months left on Payne Haas' contract, he tells the Broncos he's going to leave. He wants a Sydney club. He wants to go to Newcastle again. He wants to go to rugby. He wants to go to Japanese rugby. He wants to go anywhere else but the Brisbane Broncos. I'm never going to play for the Broncos again, he says. I've been mentored by Sonny Bill Williams. I've been told that I need to go elsewhere. And the Broncos stump up cash that he wants, and all of a sudden Payne Haas is happy again. What are your thoughts on this? I think it's exactly as advertised. This is a bloke who has a very good manager and is very good at playing the game. He's a guy who loves his money and the best of luck to him. I'm certainly not geared to begrudge him a single dollar. But I think that he's seen Tino get 1.2 and said, hey, hold on, I'm at least as good as Tino. And the general feeling is he's better. So he's gone in and said, I want 1.2 and $1 because I want to be paid more than the highest paid prop. They've come in and said 1.3 and he signed. But, mate, I guarantee the second that Adam Fanua Blake gets 1.5 next year, Payne Haas pulls this exact same thing again. So Broncos fans can breathe for now. Yeah. Look, the other thing as well for mine is I know that front rowers now have a really, really important role in the game. And, you know, Wayne Bennett has the famous quote, I'll never pay more than 300 grand for a front roller. But the game has changed, the game has evolved, and these big, massive bodies, like Cronulla are screaming out for a front roll, right? Oh, I think it's bad cap management giving you prop 1.2. I didn't like the Tino deal. I didn't like the 10 years for Tino, and I don't like the money that he's being paid. $1.2 million is for Reese Walsh, and Reese Walsh only in that team. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing as well is that the story going around is the Broncos wanted it to be a four-year deal, so that way it avoids the Rugby World Cup. Payne Haas signed to the end of 2026. He's going to pull the same stunt again on the Broncos. Look at all these front rowers. They're getting paid more than me. I'm going to go to rugby unless you make me the highest paid player in the game. Watch it. Bookmark this. 2026, he's either going to go to the rugby on sensational money for two seasons or he's going to hold the Broncos at ransom like he seems to do every year. Uh, The Titans, the Gold Coast Titans, Dan. Your Gold Coast Titans have come up with the most unrecognisable spine Oh, man. And they're playing the Panthers. They're throwing a young kid on debut to the Panthers. Oh, boy. The almost literal Wolves, mate. Now, I am going to go on record here is to say Jaden Campbell's the six, and I believe Chris Rankin is the nine. And I couldn't name the other two. Chris Randall is the nine. See, there you go. I couldn't name the other two if you... Put a proverbial gun to my head, mate. Now, I don't blame him because Kieran Foran's out 
And so is AJ Brimson eternally. I think his his time at the the Titans needs to end, but that's another rant for another time. Mm-hmm. Good luck to him because they're going to need it. Troy Weaver uh, played in the Origin for New South Wales, in the nineteenth Origin for New South Wales. He's he's really good. Now he is a player of the future, but we see this so much with the Titans, right? They signed uh, what's his name, Ash Taylor, who was the Australian schoolboys halfback, Tanner Boyd was one of the best halfbacks coming through. Toby Sexton was one of the best halfbacks coming through. Um, This is just... I mean, I get it, right? You've got to have a debut somewhere. (laughs) But throwing in a 19-year-old kid against the Penrith Panthers is just like throwing a red rag to a bull. there's There's nothing good that's going to come out of this for him. Nothing whatsoever. And I know Tanner Boyd's... Season's done. All right? he's, he's injured and his season's done. But I don't know. Surely, surely there was something. Else. What, he said, I, I take it, I haven't read the news. Is Sam Verrill's injured? Yes, yes, he is. This- well, that's unfortunate, but that's what you knew you were getting with Sam Verrill's when you signed him. This is trouble for the Titans now. There's even at full strength. They're not winning this game. They're not getting close. I get there's no pressure on this kid. You go out there and do your best. I don't know that I would have debuted him this week, but I think it's a – they've run out of troops. There's no one left. Now, the young fullback had a pretty good game against us the other night when he came, when he was called in against Cronulla. You know, probably scored a try that we were a bit lucky to see not given. So you've got a bit of speed. Jaden Campbell, very, very good player. I think he's going to be a superstar of the future, a megastar. He is everything. Very small. Chris Randall. Yeah, he's an okay player. Pretty small. They better hope that Tino plays like he's on 5 million and Fafita plays like he's on three because they're going to get walked through on the weekend. And it's not about the result. It's about this kid going in and getting some confidence. Now, if they've run out of troops and he's the last man standing, then so be it. It's going to be his debut. It doesn't matter if he stinks to join up because no one in the world is going to say, oh, you're not up to it based on the fact that you and, you know, a fullback turn... 5-8, couldn't match it with the Panthers. So I, I get it. But I think, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist, but I think Des Hazel might have had a word and said, don't think Tanner Boyd's my seven next next year. Let's give this kid three weeks because if he makes it through physically this week, he ain't going nowhere for the rest of the season. Titan season's over. You might as well get three games this kid. I like it, but I fear for him. I fear for the Titans. Well, you know, the, the Cowboys set the record of the biggest uh, NRL loss when they beat the Tigers 74-0. I fear that that scoreline could be matched this weekend. What what good does that do for this kid, though? And I get it. He's last man up. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. Next. Jared Croker. <laughs> Look. Congratulations to Jared Croker on 300 NRL games, and he's decided that his body... Uh, can't take it anymore and he can't get the physicality. What what would Jared Croker be remembered for, Dan? Will it be remembered for being one of the best try-scoring centres that we saw for a long time? Will it be remembered as a centre who probably should have played State of Origin but didn't? Will he be remembered as a goal-kicking whiz? No, no, no. Jared Croker will be remembered as the man who fleeced Canberra to playing him 290 games more than he deserved. Rank average, Canberra legend. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I completely agree with that. I don't care. He sucks. I, He's always I, sucks. I, look, that, that's why they pay us the big bucks for controversial takes like that, Terry. I think he definitely should have played Origin. I think he's, he's probably not the best player to never play Origin because there's some freaks that were overlooked for various reasons, but I think he, he's right up there. I um I don't like his nickname. I think, I think Toots oh. is perhaps the worst nickname in the NRL, which is very important, you see, and I care. care I mean, and there's a guy in the NRL nicknamed the Octopus. Well, look, there you go. It's pretty bad. But uh, look... He's, you know, we, we make jokes, but he's, he's had a brilliant career and he, he was a bloke who, who could kick from anywhere, missed some important kicks, which I was hoping he wouldn't bring up and that he's remembered for that because, you know, those he's, he, he got up there and he took the shot. Yeah. You know, he didn't always make it, but he made more than he didn't. He's a point scoring superstar, scored a heap of tries. Oh, he will go down as a Canberra legend. I was very happy to see them turn out in big numbers down there when, when he played his 300. I'm glad he got there. We thought he was New South Wales Cup bound to the till retirement. So good on him for proving a strong there. But um, much like Wade Graham, it's a thing where Father Time got him. And if you're looking at him now compared to what he was at his peak, obviously it's worlds apart. I just hope that on a serious note, people remember him for the player he was, which was a damn good centre at times. Terry will not be swayed. <laughs> <laughs> And Ryan Pappenhausen, then, close to returning. Will he play before finals? I'm not – he hasn't been named this week for Melbourne. I think he's been named again for Falcons. Um, look, this is this is great by Melbourne. Not not bowing into pressure to get to make sure that this guy plays just because his name is Ryan Pappenhausen. Like, his leg literally exploded. Hmm. Right? So – they're doing the right thing. They're getting his reps um, yeah, under his belt. And from from what I read from Melbourne fans is when he went, uh, when he first went back to the sunny to, to the Falcons, he wasn't flying backwards and forwards to Melbourne. He went to Queensland and he stayed there. They've only just integrated him back into coming into coming back to Melbourne now, which is great. So. Um, I like the I like what they're doing with him, and I like that they're not being forced into bringing him back. The advantage for Melbourne is they're in the top four, so Nick Meany is doing a serviceable job. Now I think they're having a look at him to see what he could do as an impact player, a la Nico Hines coming off the bench. He's not going to unseat Meany this year. I don't think he's going to have the legs to do it. But you're telling me in a close game in a finals, in a prelim to get in the grand final it's 16 14 brisbane are up with 15 minutes to go and you can bring ryan pappenhausen off the bench oh boy melbourne uh melbourne are a dark horse look they certainly are i, I think you hear the nail on the head with with nick man he's doing a serviceable job oh we go a bit further i'd say he's doing a, a pretty darn good job i think if you found he was struggling and that the storm was sitting six and on the preps, you know, maybe missing the eight. I think you'd see Pappenhausen with a little bit more, or we got to get going sooner than later. I think Melbourne had the luxury of not not needing him. There's always a chance that they'll have fifth spot wrapped up, maybe maybe even fourth spot wrapped up rather in the last round, and we may see him come on for a cameo. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if he starts in the next two weeks. Um, he played, I believe, half the game the first week and played a little bit more, scored his first try this past weekend. We've seen some highlights and he looks 
It looks pretty good, but I mean, to be the Ryan Pappenhausen of old is going to take time, even for Ryan Pappenhausen. So, look, I would be shocked to see him. I would be doubly shocked if we didn't see him at some point, because with the greatest respect to young Wishart and, and Smoothie, I believe, and Eremeyer, I think they carried on the bench for a little while. They're playing with 16. And I mean, if you have a 17th and you may or may not use him, much like they did in the grand final with Nico Hines, it's Ryan Pappenhausen. Terry. Talk to me, Dan. It's time for some mailbag questions. Now, you haven't seen these, so I'm going to sneak I them on you. Well, I've got them in front of me. I believe there's a question, uh, a statement, and a hot take. So I want to get your thoughts. But uh, first of all, a very serious one from uh, T Breezy. Triple Y, I like it. Little T Breezy. Yo, What do the Titans need to do to make them a consistent finals team? They need to completely overhaul that roster. They have got to figure out what they're going to do with AJ Brimson. Now, the first thing that you need to do is find a club who can take on his full salary, and I'd be looking at the West Tigers for that. Ship him off. See what the Dol- – I, I don't think the Dolphins need him, actually. Um, uh, they need to, they need to figure out what they're going to do. Jaden Campbell's their fullback for the future. They need a 5'8". They need a halfback. And I think Troy, Troy Weaver could be it, but he's not it at the moment. And they need to figure out what they're going to do with the number nine because Sam Verrills can't stay fit. They need a lock forward because Aaron Clark is not him. And they need some forward rotation and they need to get rid of Aaron Shop. So there's a lot they need to do. And they've invested a lot of money in the wrong areas. And I don't think they're going to be able to do it. For this Titans team to be consistent, look, they're obviously going to improve under Desi Hasler. But again, if you're going to give him full control over a salary cap, you're in a bit of trouble. So, you know, start with a halfback. Try and find a halfback. Oh, sorry, you got, you got your halfback if you try and find a 5'8". Don't go for a Matt Moylan. Don't re-sign Kieran Foran. Figure it out, though. You need a lock forward and probably another prop. That, that That's a start. Look, yeah, now they've re-signed two big, big game players in for Feeder and Tino, but they're not going to win your premierships with the greatest respects to both, both of whom I'm huge fans. Yeah, look, the money has to be – I mean, it's spent now. There's nothing they can do. But AJ Brimson's on an absolute bag. Bloke can't stay fit as much as I love him, and I'm, I'm the biggest fan of his outside his own family. So they need to move him on and they need to bring some players in. They need to pick – Brian Kelly hasn't lived up to expectations. They've got a Phil, Philip Sami. He's got to touch the ball more, so he's got to move into centres. They got to pick the young two two wingers, and they got to stick with them with Sami and Kelly in the centres. And if Kelly doesn't fire, then you move on. I don't think Brimson's going to play centres. I don't think his body's up to it, even though he's done it very well, especially at Origin level. But I think it's time to move on. Look, they get both Foyer more back next next year, but they need to find a way. Tino has to play eighty minutes every week. It's been paid a million dollars this year. Lock forward. He needs to go to lock. So then they need he two has, props. He has to. Ian Fafita need to play lots and lots and lots of minutes and do lots and lots of the work. Kieran Foran, love the guy, great career, not the player they need. They need to find a younger. So to answer your question, they need lots. I think Desi has the will hurt, uh, will help, but they need to rein him in and say, who do you want? Okay, you, I'll go get him because you ain't you ain't going to get him. You'll overpay him and back-end contracts. We'll be in all sorts of trouble. Uh, there's a good side there in the Titans in the Nucleus. I don't know much about their their junior nursery or their, new, their Queensland Cup team, but uh, yeah, lots, unfortunately. Now, this is, uh, this is something that before the season I would have said absolutely. Now I'm not so sure. This is from uh, Sam Wansbone. 
See us to make it to the prelim again. No. No. No, I don't think they're up for it this season. In the preseason, though, I was absolutely convinced they would be there. I was convinced they'd be in the grand final. No. Done. No. Fair enough. And then uh, the hot take to end all hot takes. Mitch Moses for the Daily M. 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 Now I think Terry, he might be he might be trying to wind us up here because for those that didn't see, he's now nursing a broken jaw. Unfortunately, not this season. No, not this season. If that had for twenty twenty four at the end of it, oh yeah, maybe. I think you're going to see some real lean years for Parramatta. They haven't really signed much. Um, there's talks today that they have met with Billy Smith and they want Connor Tracy for twenty twenty four. Barking up the wrong tree with Connor Tracy. I'm going to get Kay Liro. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Billy Smith, I don't think you're going to get him. Um, for Moses to win the Daly M, he needs to be perfect every week, and we know he can't do that. He is, a, he is an elite halfback when he's on his game, but he's not on his game every week. Uh, again, like like Nico Hines, he struggles against the, the big clubs. And I think that's where, you know, if you have a good game against the Penrith or the storm or something like that. You that's that's where you you know you earn your money and you get your daily end points. Um, I think this year it's Sean Johnson versus Payne Huss. So gonna go with SJ. Yeah, look completely fair. And and both you and I aren't ashamed, Mitch Moses fans. I, I tipped him to win the Daly M a couple of years ago. And for a long time he was on he was on track, but then the going got tough and unfortunately Mitch Moses couldn't get going. Look, he's a player who could win a Daly M, but uh it absolutely undisputably Will not be this season. Will not. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Knock On brought to you by Zero Tackle. Uh, lots of good things going on, Dan. Tell us what's happened on Zero Tackle this week if you have missed it. Mate, look, some great things. Again, I go and say everyone's got to check out the 20 Thoughts. Those that haven't read it, get on it. The 20 Thoughts that are just stuck in this big head of mine, there's room for 50. I put 20 on paper. They're not all forward thinking, they're all not all, you know earth shattering sometimes it's just a quip i like to throw out and stir a little bit of goss in the uh, in the comments but make sure you get on it look scotty's had another huge week as he does each and every single week so look out he's got some fire now it won't ruin the surprise but uh scotty and fire which is good because he's a dragons fan and they're not much good but uh Dang, the terrible, no that's it now we're going to watch the matildas versus the lionesses so one of us is going to be very happy in two or more hours, and I hope it's me. Lioness is 2-1, baby. No tails. <laughs>